May the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. If any of you have Google Photos on your phone or iCloud or if you have Facebook even, you know that every so often, actually almost every single day, you get a notification that beckons you to look at the past. These wonderful apps seem to take all of your pictures that you've uploaded over the years and put them together in nice little compilations designed to walk you down some sort of nostalgic path. Here, look at 2011. Here, look at where you were in 2006. And if you click on it, next thing you know, you've spent an hour or two of your day looking through them. Some of us have keepsake boxes like that also. I know Liz and I have one on our dresser in our room. Ours is a music box that I gave to Liz uh, for Christmas on the Christmas before we got married. And the music it plays was our first wedding dance song at last. And if you open the lid, you'll find a box. And it's filled with all sorts of various mementos. There's a poem that I wrote to her. I don't do that anymore. There's the hospital bracelets from Aiden and Avery's birth. There's some ultrasound pictures. There's our kids' first teeth that the tooth fairy let us keep. And a few other things that have special meaning from some special occasions or events in our life. I mean, many of us have some sort of keepsake box like that. And most times we just dust it off. But every so often we stop and open it and look through the stuff. And you begin to think where you were, where you are now. And all sorts of different thoughts come to mind. It's really a time for reflection. Today, we find David, King David, that is, doing the same. In the church calendar, today is the second Sunday after Easter. And we often call it Shepherding Sunday. Because all of the lessons revolve around the idea of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Jesus says that in our gospel lesson from John. Peter says it in our passage from his epistle. And we didn't read the Old Testament in the Psalter today, but they too revolve around that same theme. I mean, I think we all know that most famous psalm of David. It starts, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's Psalm 23, and it's a psalm that speaks deeply of God's provision and God's love. And since we didn't read it earlier, and because it's short enough, permit me to read it for you now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, some have thought that the 23rd Psalm was written in David's youth. 
And that makes sense in that David was a shepherd before he became king. And so one might think that David's out there in the field, perhaps staring up at the peaceful nighttime sky while his sheep are sleeping nearby. And he pens this poetic poem. But the strength, maturity, and depth of this song are not really compatible with youth. Youth often think day to day, and they have limited experience. But this psalm reveals a life of one who has been through various experiences and had seen the work of God revealed time and time and time again. And while David may have fought bear and lion and even wolf as a young shepherd, these did not compare to the spiritual, emotional, and physical battles that David went through later in life. And this psalm is composed as David sat and meditated in the chamber of his heart. As our dear Andrew would put it, this psalm is about real life. David knew himself and his life's journey very well, with all of its ups, with all of its downs. He was a youth, and yet he went out and he confronted the giant Goliath with nothing but a slingshot in his hand, with his body unprotected but by his shepherd's clothing. He faced a giant clad in armor, with a sword the size of his own body. And with one flip of the wrist, David stood triumphant. After that battle, David rose in ranks in Saul's kingdom. He was the king's musician, and he was also a leader in battle. People chanted his accolades, Saul killed thousands, but David his ten thousands. When Saul had transgressed against the Lord, Samuel sought out David and said that the Lord chose him as the next king. As king, David became wealthy. He built a well-fortified city, Jerusalem, and made preparations to build a proper and permanent temple for the Lord. I mean, all these things are wonderful things. But within the chamber of David's heart, there were also things he wished no one ever knew or that he himself could forget. There were things that weren't so rosy, weren't so perfect, some that were downright terrible. He remembered when Saul sought his life. He had to run and he had to hide out in caves. He had to flee from his own home and live in foreign lands. At one point he had to act like a madman, as a rabid type person, in order to escape and save his life. Although he had been anointed as king by Samuel, he had to wait several years before he would actually come to the throne in Jerusalem. David also took a census of the people when he shouldn't have. He became conceited in the strength of his armies, and as a result, a plague came upon the land, and thousands of people died because of his decision. David's son Absalom turned against him and tried to usurp the throne from his father, and he was successful. David had to flee from his own son until Absalom finally died in battle. And of course, David had his infamous sin with Bathsheba. And the result of that was the worst thing that could happen to anybody. His infant son was born and died. But in his chamber full of good and bad, David does discover a common theme in his life. When David was a nobody... A little shepherd in a little country. God loved David. 
When David huddled in dark caves for fear of his life, God loved David. When David was in power and the country was growing in wealth and power and blessing, God loved David. And even when David turned against God in sin, God still loved David. And when thinking upon it all, David recognizes God's love. A love that's not simply some sort of an emotional attachment or attraction, but a love that is expressed in provision and protection and discipline and mercy and goodness. And so David associates this love of God for him as only he knows how, as a shepherd that loves his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And that statement from verse 6 is actually an interesting one. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Literally, it says, they shall pursue me all the days of my life. Literally, it is a, it's an imagery is like that of an enemy pursuing until finally they overcome and they conquer. And this is the only time in the whole Old Testament where God's goodness and mercy is personified in this way. David doesn't mean to say that God's goodness and mercy is simply there. David's painting a picture. Even when we're headed the wrong direction, even when it seems like we're far away from God, God's goodness, God's love, God's faithfulness will literally chase us down. God will continue to pursue until he finally conquers in our life. David's view of God isn't like how many you God. God isn't some bully in the sky who wants you to do as he wants or he'll beat you up in some way. Neither is God some benefactor that will give you whatever it is that you desire. And neither is God some God who doesn't care what happens in your life. David recognizes that God is a personal God who knows you by name and loves you as a shepherd does his sheep. And it's this type of love that Christ expresses to his people When he says, I am the good shepherd. This is what David discovered in his chamber. And sometimes we need to take a few moments to enter the chambers of our own hearts. Both on the good and the bad, the hard and the easy. We need to open up those those keepsake boxes on our spiritual dressers, if you will, and look inside. I mean, all too often we're so busy looking at the here and now. We're ever anxious, looking at the future. But do we take time to reflect on the yesterday? I mean, I'm not saying it's smart to dwell on the past or to wish that you could go back and change things. But it is profitable to reflect upon the past and recognize how God has loved you in your life. One author wrote, One of the special things about this psalm is its power to heal and to bring peace and joy. It dwells so little on man and so much on God. Every verse describes who and what Christ is, what he does and what he wants to be for his people. And this is what happens when we look into our chambers like David. My goal today wasn't and isn't to present an exegesis on Psalm 23. I mean, I purposely didn't want to go down the road of explaining the valley of the shadow of death or discuss each phrase as some aspect or teaching of God. Instead, I wanted to focus on the overall simplicity of David's psalm, to have us open up 
our chambers and to understand what David understood. The Lord indeed is our shepherd. Amen.